This is The Wrap, episode 25, a weekly show recapping all the goodies and fun movie news from the past week. Today's Friday, April 12th, 2013, and I'm your host, TJ. We'll start off this episode of The Wrap with the box office report from April the 8th, 2013. That's last weekend. Uh, the box office topped off with Evil Dead. Seriously. Come on, you're just encouraging them. Why would you go see this film, and why is this film number one? Um, it came in uh, this weekend at $26 million, with a foreign total of $4.5 million. The worldwide total is $30.5 million. That was on a budget of $17 million. And I suppose the studios and producers will call that a win, and that's why I say you're encouraging them, so stop it. Uh, number two was G.I. Joe Retaliation. Not a good film, but uh, the total came in at $21.1 million. And so that was the past weekend. It's been out for a couple of weeks. So the total worldwide gross is $231.8 million. Number three was The Crudes at $21.1 million. And number four was Jurassic Park 3D. Uh, it's quite, that's quite impressive. I'm, I'm not interested in the film, never have been. But uh, it took in a total of $18.2 million over the weekend. So uh, that's, that's pretty good for a film that's been out in the theaters before. <laughs> And number five was Olympus Has Fallen. I was disappointed that the host did not even make it into the top five uh, because the host was certainly better than any of the films on this list. So that's disappointing. You'll find that full box office report in the show notes. Hans Zimmer discusses the Man of Steel score. For Zack Snyder's Man of Steel, composer Hans Zimmer has an unenviable task, unlike in 2006 Superman Returns, where composer John Ottman was able to use John Williams' iconic 1978 Superman theme, Snyder preferred to distance his film from all the previous Superman films. That meant Zimmer was tasked with writing music that would work to inspire in the context of the new film, but also wouldn't be totally overshadowed by Williams. You know, I'm, I, I like Superman Returns, and I, the, the, that's neither here nor there. I really like John Williams' Superman theme. Everyone knows, if you've listened to me for long or if you've read my stuff for long, that I'm not a huge John Williams fan overall, but I do like his themes, and I especially like the Superman theme that he wrote so it's hard for me to think about superman without thinking about uh john williams theme but i'm willing to give hans zimmer a chance i do like hans zimmer so uh we'll see what happened um but he did i did want to read this he said look that was daunting seriously he's the greatest film composer out there without a doubt and it happens to be one of his iconic pieces of music so i spent three months just procrastinating and not even getting a start on the thing because i was so intimidated oh my god i'm following in john williams footsteps that was Hans Zimmer, and I think, yeah, when I read that, I think, yeah, you're you're doomed. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I am looking forward to seeing what Hans Zimmer does with this. So Charles Gunn is joining S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, he won't be called Charles Gunn in S.H.I.E.L.D., but he is uh, Charles Gunn from the TV series Angel, and uh, I quite enjoyed the character in Angel, and it's no surprise that Joss Whedon is bringing in one of his old regulars. He, t he likes to bring in his cast of people, and so... Uh, J. August Richards, who played Charles Gunn and Angel, will be joining the cast of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, I haven't seen him in anything for a while, so that will be fun to see who he's playing and what he's up to. On Tuesday, I posted an Iron Man 3 clip called Tony is Not Afraid, and uh, I particularly like the quote, You just died, pal. I'm going to come and get the body. That sounds like Tony Stark, and he's speaking to the Mandarin. I would recommend checking this clip out. They're they're starting to push Iron Man 3 pretty hard. Of course, it's right around the corner. Iron Man 3 does look to be pretty good. It's the first installment in Marvel's Phase 2 universe. Be sure to check out the clip in the show notes. 
Westboro to picket Ebert's funeral. This is, of course, Westboro Baptist Church. They're notorious for picketing at funerals of soldiers and gay teenagers, have revealed that they plan to picket the funeral of late movie critic Roger Ebert on Monday. Uh, I posted this on Tuesday, so uh, I assume let me let me look at the date on the article I linked to. Uh, it's really more to me about the fact that uh, they're picketing this thing. It was posted on April the seventh. All right, so it, it, these Westboro guys make me sick. They really do. I'm a Christian, and they don't represent anything that I stand for as a Christian. I I stand against gay marriage uh, because I believe it is sinful. Uh, I stand against uh, liberalism, uh, all these sorts of things, but I'm not going to go picket Roger Ebert's uh, funeral. Indeed, even though Roger Ebert was not a Christian, and I am very sorry about that, and that is uh, an unimaginable tragedy, yet at the same time, the guy is dead, picketing his funeral. What 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 good does that do now? Um, that's just crazy. And I appreciated Roger Ebert as a human being in his reviews of movies. Uh, yes, he was an atheist, and it's very sad, but uh, you know what? He's dead now. Let let him rest in peace. Uh, Westboro Baptist Church does not represent anything that I believe as a Christian. Find the link to that article in the show notes. I posted on Tuesday also an article titled, What if Stargate Atlantis had a sixth season? And I posted a link to this on Giant Freakin' Robot. Uh, this turned out to be pretty popular. It got a lot of views on Facebook, uh, on our way to 1,000 views on Facebook, uh, quite a number of hits on the website, so this was a pretty popular subject, and you know, uh, I, I Stargate it's, it has had an unfortunate turn of events where uh, Stargate SG-1 had a really good run of 10 seasons, great show. Stargate Atlantis had five seasons and could have gone on. I don't know, it, it's, it's irritating that it was canceled. They thought they were going to be making more movies is why they decided to do that, and the producers and the... Uh, writers were wanting to do something different, like they felt like they were falling into a rut or whatever. Even though the show was popular and had good numbers, they wanted to do something different, and so they thought they were going to be making Stargate Atlantis movies and Stargate SG-1 movies, and they started a new TV show, Stargate Universe, and it was a terrible show. I did not like Stargate Universe, and not many people did, and that kind of that kind of got pushed off the air then because his ratings were so bad, and now Stargate is off the air the parent company MGM went under. All kinds of things have collaborated against Stargate to bring it off the air, and that's a shame. And uh, the article I linked to talked about what would have been coming in the sixth season, in a, hypo- in a hypothetical sixth season. And uh, I'll, I'll just read a little from this article. Atlantis writer Joseph Malozzi recently took to his blog and revealed some details about where the show would have gone in a hypothetical sixth season. He explains that as the fifth season was wrapping up, the writers were unsure whether the show would continue with another season or perhaps a standalone movie. Or, as the case proved to be, not at all. To hedge their bets, they decided to pen a two-part season opener that could also be repurposed as a direct-to-DVD movie, to be titled Stargate Extinction. Sadly, neither saw the light of day. Malozzi reveals that the movie premiere would have opened on the moon, which is apparently where Atlantis has relocated. Full disclosure, I have never seen an episode of Atlantis, so you have to forgive any incorrect assumptions I make. This is, I'm still reading from the article. I'll let Malozzi take it from here. I recommend, if you're a Stargate Atlantis fan as I am, that you check this out. Uh, go and get to the linked uh, article in the show notes and read the whole thing. It's a lot of fun for Stargate fans such as myself. Uh, that will be in the show notes. Man of Steel got its first TV spot. It, it may be made of footage we've largely already seen, but who doesn't love a good trailer, right? So this TV spot uh, was 32 seconds, uh, according to YouTube. I guess it's a 30-second spot. There's probably two, a second of black on either side. Um, 
yeah, I'm I still I'm I'm interested to see how this is gonna go. So Zack Snyder's Man of Steel will be in theaters on June the 14th. Check out the TV spot in the show notes. On Wednesday, I posted two reviews, one for the host, which I liked far better than the uh movie I reviewed secondly, which was G.I. Joe Retaliation. My review for G.I. Joe Retaliation was only about five hundred and eighty words, uh, and I did not like it at all. I rated it one and a half stars. The host was more of a mixed review because I gave it three and a half stars, and yet there was some plot weaknesses, some script weaknesses that brought the movie down a little bit from a four and a half star review, for instance. I loved the way the the film opened. I loved the way the film ended. It was the middle and some of the scripting, some of the dialogue that I really had problems with, and that was unfortunate because the concept was a good concept. I know you Stephanie Meyer haters are going to be quick to jump on all, all over me, and feel free to leave a comment and tell me what an evil, awful person I am, but I did enjoy the concept of the host, and I did enjoy the beginning and the end of the movie, and so I rated the film three and a half stars, certainly the best new film in theaters right now. So check out those reviews. They'll be linked in the show notes. Uh, and you'll want to check those out. On Thursday, I posted a link about the political situation in the Mario universe. This is completely satire, humorous, um, talking about, uh, well, I'll just read you a little bit. In the context of this fractured and chaotic world, we must now consider the oligarch known as Mario, and to an extent his brother Luigi. Both are Italian-Americans of Earth origins, and as such themselves represent a foreign influence on Mushroom World. Mario in particular has been an iconic figure in all events of political significance in Mushroom World and the grand finale galaxy as a whole. Opinions differ greatly as to whether his influence has been a benign one. While he indeed saved Princess Peach, Toad, and other notable leaders from such threats described above, it is also known that his enormous wealth in the form of gold coins has been accumulated through non-conventional means and further that he made extensive use of asymmetric warfare techniques and combating what he unilaterally perceived as threats to the status quo. These techniques include the use of incendiary minions, growth hormones, camouflage, and dimensional shifting, among others. He is known, indeed famous for, ritual drug use, specifically mushrooms, in prosecuting his attacks on others, chiefly Bowser and various members of the Bowser, Boo, and Chestnut Nation tribes. Luigi can be seen as the prince regent of the Mario faction, sharing his brother's appetites, wealth, the expression of violence, mood-altering substances, and preference for unconventional combat techniques, waiting for his opportunity to rule alone. This was so awesome. Such a great piece of satire. Uh, if you love Mario, as I do, check it out. It's it's pretty fun. Uh, <laughs> all right. I also posted a TV spot number two for The Lone Ranger. You know, I've got a really bad feeling about this film. It feels like the same, and we know it's the same team that made The Pirates of the Caribbean. It feels like they just wanted to find a movie and a script that would fit with Johnny Depp and his kind of humor, and it's really a movie they've kind of made for Johnny Depp just to exhibit the same sorts of behavior and humor that he had in Pirates of the Caribbean, and that does not bode well to me. Uh, it'll probably be a little bit funny. It'll probably have that Johnny Depp humor. Uh, anyway, check out the TV spot in the show notes if you want. That'll be linked there. For a trailer that's far more interesting to me and a film that I'm looking forward to far more, check out the Now You See Me trailer number two. Uh, this is coming from director Louis Leterrier. Uh, I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, he directed The Incredible Hulk and Clash of the Titans. And this film does look fairly interesting. I'm not quite sure where it's going. I'm not sure if there's really magic from this trailer. There really looks like maybe there's something sci-fi, fantasy, fanciful, maybe actual magic. I, I don't know, but it looks pretty fun. Uh, the film stars Jesse Eisenberg, Mark Ruffalo... Woody Harrelson, Melanie Laurent, Isla Fisher, Dave Franco, uh, and, and Morgan Freeman. I mean, so the film looks to be quite fun. Check out the trailer in the show notes. 
All right, and uh, today I posted a link to uh, the Autodesk website. For those who don't know, Autodesk is the maker of 3D creation tools, 3D CG tools that people can create CGI with and that sort of thing. But they posted a thing called Fake or Photo. It's a challenge. You have to determine which photos are fake and which are not, which are real photos, and which are CGI or CG. And, you know, I only scored 50%. Even though I'm a filmmaker, I'm in the business, and I know what what CG looks like, and yet it's getting so good, it's hard to tell the difference, especially in still photos. It, it's a little easier to tell still, I think, in moving pictures, but in still photos, it was very difficult. A friend of mine who does 3D for a living only scored 75%. This is a crazy world we're living in of 3D and CGI. Check this out. You'll want to take the quiz. It's in the show notes. And then let's talk about what you want to see this weekend. Opening this weekend are the is the movie 42 and scary movie 5 uh you know scary movie 5 no not not interested at all 42 uh this is what we're going to be reviewing on the movie bite podcast uh next week on wednesday wednesday night you can tune in live or you can catch it thursday when we post it on the site um i'll be seeing that this weekend and it, it looks it looks like it could be a pretty good film uh it's about jackie robinson he was the first major league baseball player uh, of course, as the first uh, black Major League Baseball player, he was the focus of much scorn and criticism and racism. And you know, if there is one thing I can't stand, it's racism. So I expect I'll like that aspect of the film, even though I'm not a big fan of sports films in general. So, uh, But I do plan on uh, checking that out, and I think it'll be pretty good. Uh, stay away from Scary Movie 5. Ugh. Also still in theaters are The Host, Evil Dead, The Croods, Olympus Has Fallen, G.I. Joe Retaliation, Jurassic Park 3D, uh, Tyler Perry's Temptation, Oz the Great and Powerful, The Call, Admission, and Safe Haven. To see what I think about these films and whether or not you might be interested in seeing them, check out my full article linked in the show notes. Well, that's it for this week. You can find the links for all this cool stuff in the show notes at moviebyte.com slash therap slash 25. You can also follow MovieByte on Twitter to stay up to date with everything that we do. Our handle there on Twitter is at MovieByte. Or you can keep up with us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MovieByte. You can like us there to keep up with us. And make sure you visit the website where we keep you up to date every weekday at MovieByte.com. And that's it. Thanks for listening. I hope you have a great weekend.